0: Welcome to ACT Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by
1: Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's begin the change.
0: Hello there. You're welcome to another exciting episode of ACT Pod. I'm Abiodun Owo and I'm going to be your host for this edition Today, we're going to be talking to someone that I call an innovative environmental health activist. She is the founder of FABE International Foundation, an environmental health advocacy non-profit organization that's passionate about protecting the environment. Temi Tokwe Okunu, you're welcome to today's episode.
1: Thank you very much, Abiodu.
0: Okay, so... Let's dig in immediately. Tell us about Temitope Okunu and what led to the creation of FAB International Foundation.
1: Mm, uh, I would say about um, 16, over 16 years ago, Temitope Okunu was still a very young girl in the university. I contested and won the first ever Miss Environment in Nigeria. And as every other queen, you must have a pet project. Mm. But because my project was already is um, streamlined, it was the most beautiful, I mean, um, miss environment, Nigeria. So I already had uh, what I was going to focus on, just the environment. Mm. But um, inside it, we know the environment is a very wide topic. So I focused on climate change because I see a lot of um, impacts, you know, that the climate was causing around me, especially where I stay. So I decided I was going to talk about the climate crisis. Um, I reigned for two years unexpectedly, but then (laughs) I think it was a good sign. And then immediately I reigned. I decided to go into um, social development. So I came up with uh, FAB Foundation for a Better Environment. is actually the name, FAB. International Foundation now, registered as a non-for-profit um, environmental NGO. And um, that was how it started. Uh, the passion was there. I guess why I won was because wasn't because of uh, just the beauty and the brains alone, but a uh, combination of both and the fact that I was very passionate about what I wanted to do concerning the Nigerian environment. And I didn't stop till mm. now. Oh,
0: great. Oh, <laughs> great, great. That... That is really daring, I must say. Yeah. Okay, so we know that Fabe International Foundation, when you founded it, you it was for the protection of the environment. Tell us what has the response been like um, to date from the communities that you work with? Have they always received it well? Have they always been positive about uh, you know protecting the environment?
1: Oh uh, yeah, just like you rightly said, um, for a non-profit like um, Fabe. Um, who, who focuses majorly on um, advocacy, not just the normal kind of advocacy, but an experiential advocacy that exposes you to a lot of training, education, and empowerment. Um, communities have accepted us so well. Surprisingly, you know, we deal with waste, <laughs> um, waste management, conservation, and you 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 know how Nigerians react to waste. Like, oh, what is this? It' dirty. And um, we were able to um, convince them that uh, waste is not waste; it is a resource. So there's something we say at FAP: waste is not a waste until it is completely um, um, waste is not a waste until it is completely wasted. And for that, they are like, "What? What does that really mean?" Then we break it down through teaching, sensitization, you know. Trainings and then, lastly, of course, empowerment. The empowerment is always the most interesting part because when they see that their waste can be converted to money, they're like, Oh, really? And um, you know how it is uh, even in the world today, everybody needs money, some form of money uh, or or, uh, value, you know, for their everyday, um, day to day activities. So the fact that you can turn um, tires that has been Wasted on the roadside or mm. PET bottles on the uh, at the dump side or even in your gutters, and then you can take it and reuse it into something beautiful that you can keep at home in your office or you can even sell or train more people. It's so fascinating to mm. them. So for us, the people have received the um, skills so well. The community have received the skills as well so well. In fact they are still begging us, please don't leave Lagos <laughs> because we are told them we're not going to be in Lagos this year. And they're like, we still have so many schools you need to reach out to. We still have so many communities. Why would you leave when you're not even done? And we're like, don't worry. There's still people, st- we're still going to come around. There's still people that still need us as well. We need to be able to, you know, spread our tentacles around, you know, the communities, even not just in Lagos. And they're you that we have taught, you're supposed to also take up the mantle mm-hmm. and teach others. That's why we taught you. So, in a nutshell, they have received this so well. And um, we're so proud of what Act and Faib have been able to do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Did I mention that Temitope Okuno through Fab International Foundation has actually trained over 20,000 young people and women in waste management and other things you know, concerning the environment? I'd like you to please tell us uh, one or two success stories from these trainings. It is amazing
1: myself because um, at the beginning, we, didn't, we, we knew we could do so much more. We, we knew we, we had... Uh, so much value to give to people, Mm. you know. But that number, you know, we were like, okay, so how are we going to do this? But the more people received us, we knew we could do so much more. And um, while we were at the job, while we were working, we made sure that we were noticing people who were really taking the skills out of box, you know, Mm. out of just what we have taught them. We were we were very um, keen to notice um, the students, the teachers, particularly the women that were really really um, interested and wants to do more. You know, and for every team lead, those those were one of the qualities you must find out. You know, when you're reporting, mm. and um, we were able to notice the first um, cycle. We noticed Mrs. Abibola. She's um slow speech, but then she was very um, agile. She was always asking questions, even during the online classes. Mm-hmm. You know, she would have been like, who is this Mrs. Abimbala <laughs> Williams? And then we had um, so many other people as well. But Mrs. Abimbala stood out, and then we were looking at her. Now, when we got to our school, you know, for our... Um, community mapping and stakeholders engagement and all of that you find out that they don't even have space you know the kind of skills we give to them is to um apart from the fact that you turn waste to wealth we also grow gardens right food gardens where you would be um asked to you know form a group and then come up with um some kind of food you would love to eat at the end of the session or at the end of the training. And then many of them would say, oh, I want to eat amala, you know, or inyo or something, pounded yam with egg. Okay, so what should go with all of this? So while they are at it, deciding what they would grow, Mrs. Ambimbala's school decided they wanted to grow um, um, amala. So we told them that, okay, amala will take a long time. Why don't you look for something else? So they chose some, some kind of local food and then on getting to their school, they don't even have the space to grow any food. Mm-hmm. So one of the climatic um, the solutions, the eco-solutions that we provide is to grow without soil, grow without the land space, wow. grow without tilling the ground. You know, And they were like, how, how are they going to do it? This is just absurd. Please, these people are just joking. And then when we started, we brought them together with the students, and then we created their gardens for them. Today, they have amazing, amazing, amazing fruit gardens. They have their plants, their veggies, their. um, In fact, Mrs. Abimbala grew date palm, avocado, you know, and is still thriving. What am I trying to say? She went out of the box by not just teaching her students alone, she went to another school outside of our own educational district and then taught the whole school. But when you're going for something like that, of course, the staff of ours would have to go with her. So we looked at her. She did the training perfectly. And then um, it was Christmas time. They were supposed to travel in and family. She went out of Lagos State to Oshun State and trained 1,000 people.
0: Mm.
1: So for me... I'm like, I just got the right man. <laughs> <laughs> An ambassador. And yes. Of course, she she eventually became FIBA ambassador for year 2020. Right. And that was um, one outstanding teacher. And for the students, we realized same year 2020, um, Frank, Franklin. Franklin was a boy. Well, you know, in every school, you always have the black sheep and then you have the good ones. Um Franklin was not really that bad, but he was. I don't know if you can be hearing me now, but then you know it wasn't. It was unkept. It mm. was very quiet, always quiet in class. So he doesn't really talk to anybody. So because you've already relegated him to that kind of person, so the project for me brought out who Franklin really is mm. because. We noticed Franklin. He was not even part of the Eco Ambassadors. Eco Ambassadors are the students um, that are in the projects. Mm. So when you have done the training, you become an Eco Ambassador, certified Eco Ambassador. Mm. So he was not even part of the Eco Ambassadors. But one day I just saw we saw him, and then he decided to help out in the garden. I was like, well, "Why not? Why not?" And then another day he decided to help um, one of our project officers to upcycle a pet bottle into an ottoman seat. And it was the best in class because every training session, we must identify um, the best students. Okay. So one of the best students was Franklin. And I said, well, according to the list of students in this school, there is no Franklin. So who is this Franklin? He said, well, he's a mentee. Oh, okay. Bring him on. And then he started training with the children, with the other peers and then with the project officers, and then at the end of the day, we found out that Franklin was the best student. Yeah. He did so well, yeah. even better than the people that we trained one on one. And now Franklin is well dressed. Franklin is cleaner. Franklin can talk. Principals, his principal now, um, he can now represent the school. You know, uh, when the principal sends them out like that, he, he calls on Franklin to represent the school. And I'm like, Franklin. So Franklin is now um, a Faber. That's what we call the people, (laughs) members of Faber International Foundation. (laughs) He has joined the the foundation, and now he does a lot. So we can always send Franklin to another school, train because now he's he's in his gap year, Hmm. um, trying to go into the university. So he has to spend uh, at least one year before he goes to the university. We have several, if you ask me, but... uh, you said two, right? <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you know, I wish I had a Shakira. I need to celebrate your successes. Thank you it's so much. It's actually awesome to know that, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. is having phenomenal impacts in the lives of people, and I bet even on their families as well. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, so congratulations once again Thank for the great work much. you're doing. Uh, I would like to know as well, so, yeah, you've experienced successes. What about challenges? Have you experienced challenges, and how how have you dealt with them?
1: Okay, so yeah, without... Um, of course, I would be lying if I say that there were no challenges. There was enormous, enormous challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, even from one of the success stories I would love to share um, of Mrs. Ekman Young, that was 2020, um, 2021, who have started you know, badging a lot of awards recently <laughs> because of her work. Um, in her school, for example, they had um, a challenge of um, very bad soil. Mm -hmm. So because our our trainings or rather our project entails that we grow a a garden and in the garden we use to teach recycling, upcycling and composting. I mean, if you're going to be recycling food waste and turning them into compost, you need to be able to show the students or the people how to use the compost. And that's why Mm -hmm. the garden is usually very um, important in this project. Um, Mrs. Ekwanyo's school had um, very bad soil. In fact, it was um where we where we started um trying to set up that garden. It was a lot of stony and all of that, even though we're still going to get them soil and all, but um it wasn't just a good um garden space. Another school was the girls' high school where we had already finished our garden setup and um of course the government came and divided the school into two. Mm-hmm. And um we were told not not to even go to that part of the garden and if we go it's it's in our you know, we had challenges of flooding, which is um, actually way over our own power to, to do anything. But um, in those two instances, we were able to create something, even though we didn't have that much space. We were able to create a small garden, raised gardens, vertical gardens. They've never seen it before. It was exciting. So for every challenge, we were able to come up with a bang. Mm. And then another challenge would be the fact that because we always make sure that the government agrees, you know, to what we're doing. You know, the environmental education is very important. It's an important topic everybody should be talking about. It Mm. should be something that should be um, taught in our schools. It should be added to our curriculum. Yeah. And because that's my aim. Uh, I never studied what, what is environmental education when I was growing up. So for me to even win that pageant, I had to go read, research. I, I had a mentor then, um, the former vice president of America. Uh, I had his book then. That was what inspired me, you mm-hmm. know, so much. And I thought Nigeria is weighing nothing, doing nothing about climate change. And, and I felt... This should be because the environment is just part of everyone; it's yeah. part of our lives, and I feel that it should be it should be in the curriculum. So I like to marry the Ministry of Environment and Ministry of Education together so that they can come up with something. And without those two bringing themselves together, it might not really work. So most of the time, that's one of the challenges we face because they're like. But then, eventually, like now, we have a policy mm. that there should be environmental education taught in schools. Although not um, not included in the curriculum yet, but yeah. then as a non-examinable um, course in school. Mm.
0: Okay, so great. So it's uh, you have sort of touched on, you know, my next question now, and I was going to ask, you know, what do you see about the policy environment for us here in Nigeria, for example? Um, what is the government doing? about protecting the environment. We know that climate change, climate crisis is, is becoming a reality. Oh, yes. You know, 20 years from uh, away, 20 years from now, it, it was looking like it was far off. And then those things that were predicted, you know, the famine, it's the drought, happening. heat stroke, and all of the other things we see, extreme weather conditions, we're beginning to see them now. What would you like to see our government, for example, start doing differently about protecting the environment?
1: I want environmental education to be included in the curriculum first.
0: Okay.
1: It has to. The children need to learn what it is first so that when they get out of school, they are able to um, manage whatever circumstances because whether you like it or not, everybody loves to eat. We would always have to eat. But guess what? We are getting food insecure And that is why growing our food is so much important to me right now, to be included into that because of what is happening. So if I can't grow in a land Mm -hmm. space, maybe because I don't have money to buy my land space, Mm -hmm. I can grow in buckets. And that's what I'm teaching my children. I can grow in buckets. I can grow in pet bottles. And I've shown them how I grew tatashi, (laughs) bell pepper, in pet bottles. And everybody's always wondering, how did you do it, Ma? I'll teach you. That's why I'm here for you guys. I can grow in pure water sachet if that's what you drink at home. So don't throw it away. It's even money. Mm. So we can see it is glaring now to us. Just yesterday, um, no, not yesterday. I think it was on Friday because I didn't go out yesterday. It was on Friday when I was going to work. And I just, you know, just suddenly you just see a pool of water from nowhere. And it's just because, and you can't move. Mm. Unfortunately, I was driving a very low car. So I can't move, I should enter that place, I have to, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I had to, I took my phones, I mean, that's, that's very typical of me, started recording, you know, just to show people, look at what I'm trying to say and all of that. There's flooding issue, there's food insecurity, there's heat stroke. The other day I said I want to be like my, my people, they don't have the car to ride now, which I pray that in the next few years a few months they would have their own car with AC so -hmm. I said I was going to walk with them down the street I ran back and I was wondering how do you guys cope Mm -hmm. how do you cope so I said okay just wait I'm going to drive you to this place and then you know so but how many times am I going to be able to do that we're not always together and all of that but these are the things so we plant more trees I encourage people to plant more trees at home in your container in tires as well so those tires do not have to be on the street anymore. Bring them in. I'll teach you how to upcycle them mm-hmm. into planters. Paint them to your choice um, color. And then put it in front of your house. So you can always have shade. And it can give you oxygen. taking carbon dioxide in the night. Um, you can grow your own food. If it is a way, do you like? Grow it in the container. It will germinate. Mm-hmm. If it is there for vegetables, any kind. I, I inspire people as much as growing things that we told, that we were taught that would never grow in Nigeria. I'm growing mulberries. I'm growing raspberries. I'm growing um, snot apples. Wow. Things that people strawberries, mm. you know, that you think, oh no, it won't grow in Nigeria. No, yeah. it's growing. Don't let them lie to you. You just need the right condition, temperature and water, and all of that, even to our pesticides and chemicals that is being sprayed on our food on the daily. Mm. We need to put a stop to that. Who who says that we can't grow food without pesticides? Mm. I tried it myself, because for me to talk, I need to be able to experience it, and then be able to show you that this is doable. Pepper, bell peppers are usually a stubborn plant to grow, because they are easily affected. And I said, I'm going to grow these these things and let me see how badly they can be for me to now use chemicals on them. I grew these peppers for the spans of about 90 to 100 days with nothing. And they grew. And they grew. Wow. Big, beautiful peppers. So it just, I just feel, you know, when people say you want to grow food, enormous food, and then. They're not growing on time, and so you want to just you know that um quick quick lifestyle mm. I mean we just have to just take it easy mm. all the pesticides sprayed into the air into they come into the water at, at at the end of the day and then we eat it and then you come up with cancer and then you're like how the food, the water and just the way we live our life so we need to start living a sustainable lifestyle mm. for us to be able to live longer
0: hmm. thank you so much timid i know we can go on and <laughs> on and we won't even end this today yeah so like we know um aspire coronation trust foundation is a grant making organization that funds uh, organizations like Fabe international foundation who uh work for the vulnerable in the society and we've funded Fabe international foundation for how long now
1: Three years.
0: Three years. Okay, so would you like to <laughs> tell us, you know, what has the experience been like? How have you grown through uh, the period that we've been partnering well, with you? the best here? thing that
1: has ever happened to Fabe was Axe. Yay! Yay. <laughs> so, um, I was at the verge of actually giving up in 2019. And, um, you know, when you have these fun ideas, things that you know that, you know, is going to help, people, and then you just don't have anyone to support you. Mm. Of course, my family is always support me. My husband supports me all the time. And um, sometimes it's going to even like, babe, what's up now? (laughs) What's going to happen? We're not going to get 40. You know, but then um, I applied one more time to act. And I said, if I do not get this grant this year for 2020, that's it. Then um, we'll see what will happen. But I just said that to myself. And I, I just told my staff, you know what, guys? We're going to try this one more time. And this is going to be the last time. And I, I'm sure we're going to get it. I'm like, amen. I'm like, okay, okay, let's go. Let's do this. So we applied and we got that letter. Like, oh, Yay. we're so excited that year. <laughs> and it was 2020. It was during COVID. We're like, God, how? God, awesome. during COVID. And um, we, ne- we knew we needed to... Launch. Uh, we've been doing it gently, you know, just in few schools. But as soon as the grant came in, we went to twelve schools immediately. And um, awesome. Um, Covid didn't stop us, you know. Um, nothing stopped us because we just felt this was the time God wanted us to do this, and um, we did. Uh, and apart from just the funding, you know, Act Foundation. I always say this anytime I have the opportunity to talk about Act Foundation. Act foundation will always hold you, you know. Um, they taught us everything we know today because, yes, the reason why we've not been getting grants must be something we're not doing right. And as soon as we were able to get it right, we got the grants. And not, not just that, the second time was, I mean, we must we must have done something extraordinary again for us to be able to get something good. And how did we achieve that extraordinary thing? It was not because foundation just left us. They will call us, oh, yeah, a sector meeting, <laughs> you know, call us for different um, uh, capacity building, you know, classes, trainings, and all of that, where people that ordinarily, if you go and meet those people, uh, you'll be spending like millions now to, mm. you know, but then our foundation will provide, you know, access to these people. They will talk to us one-on-one and break it down, you know, for us to be able to assimilate and gain understanding of how we should run the foundation. Mm. Not just for... It's not a charity organization. It's not for profit, but it's not for loss. Mm. So that's how we were able to learn how to, you know, grow the foundation from merely just um, maybe providing one service or two services to... We provide a lot of services now, apart from the fact... That yes, we are a not-for-profit, but from what we do at faith people now call us to do several things for them. Organizations, embassies, I mean, families, schools, small schools, private schools and all. So it's been um, a a very beautiful relationship. I wanted to say sexy relationship, but (laughs) (laughs) it's really, really very lovely relationship because um, it's not just uh, a grantee kind of relationship. It's a partnership. Mm. You hold my hand and I'm able to do well Mm. so that I can also um, deliver, you know, accordingly to Mm. what your desires is. Yes. Okay. You've been awesome.
0: Thank you so much. And it's so good to get this feedback from you. Oh, that, yes. I say <laughs> it all the time. Everybody knows has that. has been <laughs> awesome. Yeah, we know yes. that for Africa to actually grow, to develop, we need partnership. We cannot, mm. one person cannot do it alone. The grantor cannot do that. No. Do this by by himself or herself. No, we, we need can't do it alone. These, these partners. Um, as we round up, I know you won a CNN award at some time. Could you please tell us tell us about oh. that? Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, you know, like I said, it was during the peak of
1: COVID-19 and everybody was sitting at home. I'll just tell you a little story before the CNN. And then I sat down with my family. We were watching CNN because we wanted to know that was the news that was giving us real feedback, real time of what COVID was yeah. out there. And then I watched um, the CNN Changemakers uh, and I, started, I saw a lot of women being featured, no Nigerian woman. I'm like, ah, will it be bad if I'm featured on CNN? <laughs> and then I remember my husband said, "Of course, you do. You do more than what these women were doing and are doing, rather."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm like, "Oh well, one of these days, sure. And that was it. And then we won the grants. And then um, suddenly, I think I was studying for something on my own. I was having a private private time. My phone has been beeping. I don't like to have my phone, so I put it on. The, I had, like, several missed calls. And then later, I saw. I heard the person must have dropped the message. So I said, that's the right thing to do. So I left. When I saw the message, I'm like, I saw the logo, CNN. I'm like, am I dreaming? So I went to my <laughs> to my husband, like, please read this message for me because I'm not so clear. And then he read it out and said, the CNN, they want to have an interview with you. I mean, for me, it was my. it was one of the... high high point of 2020. And um, our foundation made this happen. Because, yeah, I've been working on my own, you know, but we were not able to reach that much audience that got the attention, Hmm. you know, of CNN. You know, and uh, when I spoke to them, I'm like, do you want me to come to your office? And no, we're coming to you. We will come to your house. We will come to your office. We will come to one of your schools. And it was it was like, we don't want any wahala for you. We're just coming to you and to interview you and all that. So I'm like, wow, this is really wonderful. And I think it's a good thing because it didn't just end there. Because before the end of that year, they came back again okay. to interview me. So twice in just one year. Mm. So for me, I think we're doing a great job. And okay. not just me, oh, <laughs> it's myself and... Uh, Faber and Act Foundation. <laughs> and I really want to thank Partnership you Partnership that works. Yes. Yeah. Go 17.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank it was you. really awesome having you our, on our podcast today. Thank and I want so to say much. thank you so much for the great work you're doing. And please thank continue you. to do the great work. And that is where we come to an end today on ActPod. Our story, our continent. Do give us your feedback on ActPod at ActTrustFoundation.com. That's actpod at actrustfoundation.org. So we'll come back again, same time. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to ActPod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on
0: actpod at actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media at actfoundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter
1: and Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ActPod, our story, our continent.